0: Hey, Sykes here, and I just want to take a quick moment to tell you about my show, Start the Beat. It's a podcast about independent artists for independent artists. Each episode highlights different humans from all walks of life and their individual stories about inspiration, determination, struggle, and so much more. Dive into the fantastic minds of these amazing people, absorb some useful knowledge, and expand your perspective on the world around you. It's like really important and stuff or whatever, curated, produced, and hosted by me, Sykes. Start the Beat is part of the Ethicast family, and you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe today and never miss a beat. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat get this message out here i'm doing what i love to help a community out like yeah i mean what is the next step what's the one thing i can do today that's going to get us one?
1: i mean i don't know what's
0: what's in the future art is the only way you can reach out to the future it is the only thing that actually lives through a time capsule and i think that if the diy scene as a whole put more of a value on itself it could be a lot more sustainable now if someone doesn't like it that's their deal Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for listening. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Today, me and my guest... Who is yet to be named, but if you saw the title of the episode, you know who it is. You're smart. <laughs> We're drinking some hay burner from Big Ditch. It's a, uh, it's a straight up no bullshit IPA. Uh, my guest today is Ryan, aka Mega Beardo. How's it going? And uh, it's I. I'm under the assumption that you have some beer knowledge. Right? A little bit, yeah. You're into the yeah. beer thing?
1: Yeah, I started brewing my own recently, too. So That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. something
0: that we'll have to get into. Awesome, Maybe a good yeah. way to jump off this conversation. Perfect. Let's do it. So we're drinking some IPAs right now. Um, what are your thoughts, if any, on like the, the hazy IPA thing that's been going on?
1: There was... Uh you know, in certain circles that I've I've been in that really like beer, there was a thing called Apocalypse where, you know, everybody was trying to out-hop each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there was like this, I don't know, it seems like the thing at the time was, let's see – how hoppy we can make this IPA. And now it seems like, well, let's just see how yeah, I remember like we can make it.
0: you had like, like Bell's Hop Slam. And yep. I mean one of like, the first crazy hoppy beers I had was Green Flash's Palette Wrecker.
1: Okay. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's. Yeah. When you start coming up with names <laughs> like that. And I remember yeah. like, Hoptimus Prime was a big one at the time. And <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, trends I'm down for yeah.
0: <laughs> You know, I, I have some friends that have been brewing for a really long time, and I've only really been super into craft beer for maybe like five years or okay. so, you know? Um, and I have friends that have been brewing for twice as long as that now. Yeah. And uh, it's funny when I chat with them about beer trends, because it's just like, they've been there, done that, heard it all, <laughs> they don't give a fuck, Yeah, you know? yeah and to me it's like i get excited about things like i got all excited about saisons last year yeah, and then that like, was a
1: big thing for. and, you know, and like then yeah summer, they were just yeah. kind
0: of like oh yeah whatever <laughs>
1: but it's totally cool <laughs> like to me um like in west virginia we had these weird uh i don't know if it was like a tax thing or just whatever we couldn't get craft beer in west virginia really um I remember, like, 2003, 2004, it was a big fucking deal. Can I say,
0: I can... You can fucking swear. Sweet. I, I figured, <laughs> but I figured... I, 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 there was
1: some podcasts, you know, yeah. we, and we couldn't, but... Yeah, just, you're good. Okay. You're good. So, um, we would have to, you know, cross the state line to get Yangling, because we couldn't even get Yangling in West Virginia. So, that was, like, a big pilgrimage to go up and get cases of Yangling. Totally. Um, eventually, they're like, all right, you know, whatever laws they had to pass, they started to... Get some craft beer down our way.
0: Don't um. let <laughs> me laws to pass to make money. You're <laughs> yeah. obviously missing out on a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of what they realized. But once I got up here, um, I was just like, holy shit, there's like breweries everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the things. I don't know enough about Pennsylvania's alcohol laws to speak the gospel on this. Yeah. But it's always been my assumption the reason why we have such a good selection of weird, like craft beer bottle shops and specialty places is because of the crazy laws that we have where every gas station can't sell beer. Yeah. And things like that. <laughs> so these smaller shops are able to get away with it. Maybe in versus other areas where every gas station can sell beer. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, the small shops can't afford to compete with every gas station that's able to sell beer for super, super cheap. Yeah. So, you know, I whenever I'm playing shows and I'm out of town as as much as it's happened, I still get shocked when I like walk into a gas station. You see the stuff that they have, you know, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, yeah, like you yeah. know, seven dollars for like a, a, an okay craft beer six pack just yeah, in the gas station. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So I I kind of it's 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 good and bad. And where I was used to always being able to just find beer wherever, you know, you can just down in West Virginia, you can buy beer anywhere. And then oh, here, yeah. you know, I would go to uh, I used to go to uh, D's uh, six packs and dogs a lot and, With, you
0: know, and the uh Regent Square one yeah, yeah yeah
1: and uh it's just like I want to try every single one of these beers. I don't have to buy a whole case just to mm-hmm. <laughs> just to, you know, see if I like it or not, so it, it was kind of nice to be able to have that option.
0: I remember when I was first getting into craft, that was one of the places where my friends that were into it would, you know, tell me to go. Yeah. And it was one of the few places that we had and now it's just like insane. Just mm-hmm. even in the past 5 years, you know, between breweries and bottle shops and craft beer bars and craft beer bar, restaurants, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. like, I'm almost, like, exhausted, <laughs> just, it's really hard to keep up with it. It
1: really is, yeah, I just, I was just at, uh what was it, Grist House last week. Yeah. Before uh the Between the Buried and Me show, I was okay. there, it was my first time there, so. Yeah, that place
0: is awesome, yeah. they do really good stuff there.
1: Yeah, they do, they had a, it was like a Russian Imperial stout that mm-hmm. pretty much knocked me on my yeah. ass, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, they shit. do,
0: they do a really, really good job down there, they're yeah. awesome, so, between the bear and me, Mister Smalls. Yeah. Music. You're yeah. in the metal. You play I music. I do. Let's dig into that because right. it's, I guess, kind of why you're here. I'll be, i sit yeah. here and talk about beer with you for five beer, hours. Movies, I don't whatever give the yeah. fuck.
1: But <laughs> John Carpenter, let's fucking do
0: it. <laughs> Yeah. So beer and metal. Let's get a little bit of background on you because I know that you know you do Mega Beardo, which is a solo project of yours that yep. is you know, video game inspired. Instrumental music, yeah, correct? Yeah. You for, for the rip most part. guitar on top of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. For the most part, I I did uh, one album that I'm extremely proud of. I did an original uh, Castlevania uh, concept album called Belmont, which is like all original music, all original lyrics. So that was like my big, almost my my big reasoning for wanting to do Mega Beardo in general was because I, okay, I always had, you had this, this big grand idea. scheme yeah, idea, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started off doing uh, an entire cover album of Mega Man 2. Uh, That was my first record that I did in 2000... I think I recorded in 2009. Mm -hmm. And then once I got kind of comfortable with recording and stuff, I did the the Belmont record and that was kind of what I guess got me introduced to a lot of people in the VGM scene. Okay. So, yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, because I was I did a little bit of more like research on you and you know, saw that you are involved in like what appears to be like like a super group of video game yeah, related artists. Yeah. yeah. And then you're also in another project, which you know you can talk about that sure, seems to be sure. like somebody else's solo project. And you, know, you play guitar for like the live band iteration of that. Yeah, is that my assumption? Yeah, that's it. I can't good. Is that Viking guitar.
1: Viking guitar live and, uh,
0: is yeah. The name's escaping me of the supergroup right now, but uh, I know it's like four or five lonely words. Lonely Rolling Stars. There it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Four or five syllables at least, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, Viking Guitar is a guy. His name is Eric Peabody. He lives over right now in Santa Cruz. He is actually in the process of moving to Pittsburgh. Which no I'm very, shit. I'm very excited about that. Cool. Because uh, he's now a really good friend of mine. He kind of, um, he reached out to me after I did that Belmont record and he was just like, hey man, I do the same thing over in California with some guys and, you know, just became friends on Facebook or whatever and uh, eventually the time came where he <laughs> reached out around 2013. He's like, uh, so hypothetically, if I get asked to play Magfest, would you be in my, my live band? I'm like, well, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah, totally. So uh, he did get asked, and we he got um, so it was him in California, me in West Virginia at the time, uh, a really good bass player up in New York, and two guys from uh, North Carolina. So we're just like so it's all another sort up. of super group yeah, in LA. Yeah. yeah. So um, we all came together and played Magfest, and then uh, the following year I got asked to join Lonely Rolling Stars, which is uh, another just like. Spread across the country type of band where you got two guys in Washington State, me, uh, where's he, the, the other guys in Buffalo right now? That's nuts. So he probably knows a lot about Big Ditch. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the other guys, he's in the St. Louis area. So we're all just kind of spread out. Um, cool. And play these cons whenever we get asked to, basically. And uh-huh. never practice <laughs> because how are you going to do it outside of going in a hotel room and just like not having amps and just strumming to a you know our drummer will play a paper plate for a snare yeah and shit like that so it's it's one of those things you're like well, is it going to sound good on stage and then once you get on stage and you know do like, your sound check or whatever you're like okay this is like going practice to practice
0: sound- in the magfest jam space
1: uh yeah that's happened yeah <laughs> uh because luckily this past magfest i need to turn my phone off because it's buzzing um they did uh offer us a little bit of a practice space uh, which they weren't able to do in the past, so that was nice. Um, but there's also, you know... I will say this past Mic Fest was very... Um they tried their best in the backstage area to, to make things happen. They did a really good job, but there was just, you could tell they were getting pulled in so many directions. So it was really hard to even get a little bit of a practice space for like an hour or two. So.
0: It's insane how much MAGFest is – like it just keeps growing. This year, I think it was my my fifth year going okay. was this year. And um, I've never performed personally. Um, like I DJed some hotel parties yeah. and DJ'd like jam spaces, and I've gone up with Bethlehem a couple times. Yeah, um, But – Uh, I don't do any, like, video game-related music, so I I really have no place performing there (laughs) officially. Yeah. But um, I have seen, like, a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff there, and it just seems like every year it's, like, just more and more people and more crazier and crazier, and it starts to feel like – it feels like MAGFest, but it still – it feels, like, a little different every year. Like, I feel like –
1: It just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and and like like – it just
0: it just feels like it's becoming like less of a music and gaming festival and more of just like a oh it's like the party's taking over too much maybe yeah yeah
1: in a weird way and i'm
0: not normally the type of person to say something like that (laughs) because like that's (laughs) what i liked so much about it before it was like the balance but also maybe too it's part of me like getting older and like that realization it's like man i'm having a lot of fun <laughs> and it's like oh i'm having a lot of fun and i'm the oldest person and, here and i'm also really
1: tired <laughs> yeah well, even like i think i've only gone 5 years too uh-huh. um but even from the first time i played it what year was it 2014 you know it was like oh 7000 people were at magfest that's a lot of damn people oh yeah and then the next year i played with lonely rolling stars and they're like oh that was 10000 people they're like oh And then this past year, it's like, that was probably, I think they capped out at something like 20,000 people. Like, how is that even (laughs) possible? Oh, my God. So, yeah, it just it keeps getting bigger, and there's more, I guess, diversity into why people are there in the first place. Totally. Whether it be, um, if it's there to see the bands, cool, but if they're there for cosplay stuff, cool. If they're there just to party and, you know, whatever, if they're there for... The arcade stuff, I'm you know, I'm there for that too. I'm, yeah, absolutely. When so. I was
0: I DJ'd two hotel parties this year and I met some people that were just I DJ'd their room and they were just there. They didn't weren't going to the festival at all. They just booked a room yeah. and just wanted to hang out. <laughs> now, they had no intention of seeing any of the bands. Yeah. The video game thing was like, oh, whatever. We're just here to party. I was like, Okay, yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't know, like <laughs> cool, but like yeah. there's probably somebody that really wanted to stay here that you got their room. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> so. Actually, my mom went once.
0: <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah, she she hadn't seen me play live in in quite a long time, and she's like, I want to come watch you play. I'm like, uh, I mean, it might be your thing, but well, it's a pretty cool <laughs> experience?
0: It's like all the shows are like this. Yeah, there's yeah. all this so many
1: people all she, the time. <laughs> yeah, she came to see uh, Lonely Rolling Stars, which we perform in our pajamas. And our like, our backing <laughs> video was like a bunch of like topless pictures of uh, like the guy from Quantum Leap, and <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was just like so just brace yourself for that. But sure, she, she's just like this was was and she didn't say fuck. but She's like this is a blast, and she's like all these people dressed up like ponies and shit. And like this is a <laughs> like a total totally. trip because she lives you know in up in the hills of West Virginia, so she didn't get out too often. So she saw this big sort of diverse crowd of people all enjoying just a a damn good time. So Mm -hmm. she really, really liked it.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you, actually, it's perfect. So you said you mentioned that your mother hadn't come to see you play in a while. Yeah. yeah. And a question I wanted to ask you was, like, your life pre-VGM music. Sure, sure. So I imagine you were probably doing something prior to the solo stuff. Yeah,
1: so I guess, like, start of the start – Um, you know, I I can pinpoint exactly when I wanted to play live music, and that was when I saw Metallica's uh, live shit 1989 Seattle video. Like, when I saw the video, I'm like, I'm going to get a guitar, and I'm going to be like James Hetfield. (laughs) So the following year, when I turned 15, uh, my parents, uh, I don't know if they thought it was a good idea at the time, but they got me a guitar. um, And then immediately I started playing, uh, me and a couple guys from... My high school got together and just started learning like misfit songs and and ramones songs easy stuff that we could you know it's like oh we've only been playing guitar for a couple months but you know we could probably learn these and eventually i started singing so we formed a band and played a bunch of like backyard birthday parties and barbecues and stuff like that in high school and uh, moved up to college i went to college at wvu um in morgantown west virginia and around 2001, I joined a band called Three Whole Face, an uh, industrial metal band. Nice. Uh, so that was like Three Whole Face was when I really started to like get into my groove because at the other Around band, what time was that? 2001
0: to okay. 2004.
1: Cool. Um, so at the time, we were really the only industrial metal band around. So we yeah. kind of stuck out like a, like a sore thumb in Morgantown, um, especially because we had this like stupid live show s- s- stick where... <laughs> we would paint ourselves up with highlighters okay and play with black lights and nothing else so it was just like blackness with a bunch of like because we were really into bile and stuff like that so we're all into the fluorescent uh black light stuff um but that's when we started to play with bands like byzantine whenever they first started yeah those guys are
0: awesome we had them up here for brutal beer fest
1: nice yeah i was actually out of town for that and i'm pissed (laughs) um but uh yeah so it was right when byzantine first got their drummer matt and they started playing some shows uh, up around our area. We played down with them down in Charleston and had a real damn good time with those guys. Those <laughs> guys are
0: so nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And we—I remember the first show in Pittsburgh we played was with them and Baghead. I don't know if you. I also- remember Baghead. Yeah. So uh, we played it at the American Music Cafe. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If that—I don't think that's still around. No, it's, it's not. It's been gone, gone, gone for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Is that Beer
0: Warehouse still there? I don't know. I don't make it my way out that out there too okay. often, yeah. but uh, I do know that that venue is definitely long well okay. gone. I
1: remember we played that show, and there was that beer warehouse on the back side of it, or I guess the front. Yeah, it
0: pro- I, I imagine it's probably still probably.
1: there. I remember we are like, what's the cheapest beer that got? Because we were poor college students. So. Uh-huh. We found in the, I guess, the get this the fuck out of here section was this case of Three Stooges beer <laughs> <laughs> in bottles. So uh, me and Baghead and Byzantine guys were out in the parking lot drinking this warm Three Stooges <laughs> beer before the show. Um, and that show was funny because Three whole Face, we were an industrial metal band, so we didn't have a drummer. So we played two uh, drumming backing tracks Yeah. um uh, that name deciding. sounds so
0: familiar. Did you play Pittsburgh any other times?
1: Uh, probably two or three other times. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because around
0: two thousand three, two thousand four, I was in a like instrumental, like IDM drum and bass industrial thing. It was just like me and one other dude, and it was just like keyboards, drum machines, and okay. a computer. And it's like I was like, I wonder if we maybe played together because we played down at one, two, three before. Uh, we played there a lot, and yeah. um, yeah. I feel like fuck. We, I'm trying to remember some of the other past. bands from that time. That we would have played with, um, but uh, like, that screw, name just sounds yeah, familiar. Screwworm
1: was another one from around that time. They what were was it? A, Screwworm?
0: No, I don't remember I don't that. Know. um ah, Yeah, we anyway. probably crossed paths <laughs> yeah, at some yeah. point. That'd, be, that'd have been really interesting. Yeah, um,
1: but yeah, so we at the time we were you know real stupid. So we're all of our backing tracks were on a CD. And we never really made copies of it. We just had the oh, same no. same CD. And you know where this is going, probably. Yeah. Throwing the same CD into your gig bag at the end of the day. And, you know, we go up to American Music Cafe, and the first song is just fucking skipping. So it's just this. Uh, it's like, ah, we finally have our Milli Vanilli moment. Because it's like right in the middle of the song, that all of a sudden it's just like, fuck, skip to the next song. It does the same thing. Oh, no. Luckily, like the last three or four tracks were pretty good, but. Um, so that was our first Pittsburgh experience, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, so that band lasted until 2004. Uh, then I started another industrial band uh, called Dissension Rate, which we started off industrial. Then we, for some reason, didn't like that direction, and we went straight into uh, black and death metal. Okay, <laughs> it's a natural transition. Sure. Yeah. So we we wrote a uh, Dark Tower album, like a Dark Tower yeah. themed album from uh, Stephen King. And then that band just kind of like dissolve because as we, they do, yeah, as they do, people move away <laughs> and you know friendships get, get yeah. yeah they they do the thing, um, and that was when I was just like, all right, I've got some time to to do my little solo things that I've been wanting to do for a while. So that's when things calmed down and I wasn't in any bands. I was like, all right, I'll I'll start doing my stuff and you know fulfill that part of my brain
0: <laughs> yeah and i guess all throughout the industrial metal and the death metal and the black metal you were probably into video games and sci-fi that and was, horror and yeah, all that stuff yeah. i'm just assuming
1: yeah all, all the time yeah so <laughs> my my two main constants in life have been video games and horror movies so that's to me castlevania blends both of those together oh, yeah. perfectly um, definitely One thing I did forget to mention, because it kind of ties video game music into this, in 2002, uh, very early on, um, a couple friends of mine heard this rap group called 8 Bits. Okay. They just took uh, Nintendo music and put beats behind it and came up with some admittedly very clever lyrics. And um, since they were good friends of mine, they are like, hey, you should play a guitar on this and... So, eventually, I, you know, did live performances with them. So, this was, like, 2002, 2003. So, this was very early on. And then, you know, unfortunately, that never got anywhere. But I found out, like, in the scene, as I, you know, 10 years later, as I got into it, people were like, you were in 8-bits? I'm like, yeah. They're like, I've, I've had your MP3s for fucking ever. I'm like, how do you have those? They're like, uh, Myspace. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot about Myspace. Yeah. uh uh-huh. so, But, yeah. So, that was, that was some fun early BGM days so
0: so I'm super interested in your perspective then on the crossover of electronics with organic instruments you know because you're somebody that's into metal yeah you you watched Metallica video and like you fucking wanted to start doing shit I'm the same way mine was Iron Maiden's Live After Death that VHS tape was like I want to fucking be a (laughs) band like watching Steve Harris like the coolest motherfucker but, you know, as I got older, for whatever reason, I started becoming like fascinated with electronic sounds, yeah, even though like my background was in like rock and metal and fuck keyboards. <laughs> but it seems like both of us have kind of been like, nah, keyboards are cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like what was like the transition for you? like what like after Metallica, what kind of stuff were you listening to that uh, inspired you?
1: Your poster right there, Faith No More, Angel, Angel Dust, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that probably because, well, I would say um, probably seeing Epic the the video back in like uh, Mm nineteen ninety. You know, that was always with me. It was
0: so fucking cool, especially if you're like you know younger around that time nothing else like it yeah exactly i was just talking with somebody else about this recently just about how that was like there was no way to not be a kid and not like that song it was, I yeah think. even
1: because it was goofy enough that you could sing along to it the video was fucking cool It had a piano blowing up at the end of it, it yeah was, yeah it was perfect so so they were like the only band at the time because at the time i was listening to metallica and soundgarden and like corrosion conformity and primus and like you know stuff that doesn't have keyboards but yeah i guess thinking it's got to be faith and war to where i started to think all right so you can still shred and have keyboards and stuff going on uh and then i'd say probably when i first heard strapping young lads okay city is probably when i started to be like all right i can get into this even though it was a fully organic drummer even though in gene hoagland's the human drum machine yeah um, there's still a lot of electronics in Devin Townsend's, uh, his sound. So I guess that blended well with me and, you know, maybe my love for John Carpenter scores and everything else. Uh, totally. Eventually yeah. I was just like, yeah, you, it's, it's okay to mix organic stuff with, with digital stuff. It's totally cool. Yeah.
0: You know? I think for me it was, you know, a combination of starting to listen to a lot of different music. Like I got really into like that, like, that like mid to late nineties wave of like UK electronica when like the prodigy and Aphex twin prodigy and all that shit big, got yeah. really big. Yeah. Um and that kind of combined with necessity. Like not really knowing anybody growing up in an apartment building, trying to figure out like, how can I make noise? How can I make music? I don't yeah. know anybody that plays drums. You know, I had a little, I had a, uh, the thing that got me started with making beats was MTV's music generator yeah. on PS1. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was in like eighth grade or yeah. seventh or eighth grade and I, you know, I didn't know anything else, but yeah. it was like, that has like, you know, the loops and stuff, but it also has like step sequencing stuff if you go into the settings oh, okay. and like sample libraries and you could pick your kick and snares and nice everything's on a grid and you could set your BPMs. Like I learned a lot. Nice. And then I had a friend that was a little older that had an actual beat machine. I remember like sitting down with it and like understanding how it could work based off of, you know, that stupid MTV game. <laughs> and then, you know, my first job ever was at Taco Bell and I saved up my paycheck still had enough money to buy my my first Korg Electra, little beat machine. Nice, yeah. You know, but then from there it was just, I just did so much weird solo music until kind of in the same position you are with how you ended up in all these different projects. I started just putting out all this weird solo music. Yeah. And then people would be like, hey, you know, you ever thought about singing in a band? You ever thought about doing this? And then- here I there am. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's how it kind of juggling starts, yeah. projects ever since.
1: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned like not being able to find drummers. I think that probably has something to do with it as well because you, it was really hard to find metal drummers for some reason in uh, the Morgantown, West Virginia area at the time. Like you know, metal wasn't too big around that area at the time for whatever reason. Um, so nobody, no drummers were wanting to play metal. So I think it got to the point they're like, all right, what can we do? That lets us get away with not having a drummer, and that's kind of where like the industrial, industrial thing, yeah. thing came came from. Even though uh, the band disintegrated, I, um, I started. Um, we actually had a friend that's like, I want to play drums, but I don't want to play like real drums, and so he <laughs> triggered these. Uh, he triggered like these skulls that he put on top of like mic stands. And all this weird shit and triggered it to, like, the skull was his snare. And this, you know, this little okay. piece over here was his kick. Sick. and And so we had the backing tracks, but we had kept the the snare and the kick out of the, out of the live mix. So he would provide the, the main beat and all the other stuff would be, you know, playing behind him. So that was kind of wild to have this, like, weird crazy dude in the back just, like, going ape shit on this skull that was acting <laughs> as a snare. So that was kind of fun, but you know, he wasn't a real drummer. So it was kind of uh, it was kind of frustrating to, you know, there was a long time and that's probably where my struggle was. Is like I really missed playing with a live drummer, and that's why I'm glad I'm playing with people like Viking Guitar and Lonely Rolling Stars because even though they're not local, I at least get that, you know, once every yeah. year or two, you know, feeling of like just Going nuts with the live drummer. It's totally. really nice. Yeah.
0: Are you're in another project as well, correct? That we yeah, didn't mention. Yeah.
1: Um, there's another project I've been called Black Hole Zion. Um that is pretty much um headed by his name is Mark Menencassa. He's down in West Virginia. So it's kind of his project that uh, I joined actually in like two thousand six. We oh got wow, to, okay. We wrote our first record in two thousand six, but we never really finished it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it I've sat been there. there. Yeah, it yeah. sat
1: there for literally until last year. So it took about ten or eleven years after I recorded my guitar tracks for us to actually put it out. Because it, it all comes full circle because the drummer from Baghead, George Parfitt. Okay. Uh, decided he wanted to play drums on it. Nice. So we got him to play drums on it and we finally released it. So now George, who who went on to play for Threat Signal for a little bit, um, so he had a little bit of a success there until he, I think he dropped out of that band just for like family reasons, decided he needed to stay at home and, you know, hang with his kids and his wife and stuff, which, totally. is, which yeah. is good. So, um, but now he's trying to do more local stuff. And uh, so Black Hole's Island is, once again, it's more industrial, but we do have a live drummer. Um, and the last show we played was this, uh, we played a charity event down in West Virginia where we played the entire KISS, uh, debut record from the okay. back. That's fun. Uh, it was real fun. Yeah. Cause I was, I was not a KISS fan at all really until, um, Mark was like, you want to do this thing? Cause he's a huge KISS fan. He's like, I kind of really want to do this thing. I'm like, hey eh, let me listen to it and I'll get back to you. And I listened to the record. I'm like, I can learn that in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's all like... 12 bar blues riffs Uh in the key of a flat like all of it (laughs) so i learned the record i'm like yeah let's let's fucking do it and turned out it was a fucking blast it was so much fun so um so we're we're currently writing a little bit here and there um trying to get away from the industrial thing i think and trying to go more organic and just more like a sort of heavy punk rock feel i think okay so it's kind of what we're digging at the moment yeah you know, we're, with having george as a drummer it's it's real nice to be like all right you know now we have a live drummer we don't have to just like sit at our computers and program drums all day we can yeah. bounce ideas off george and he'll come up with that stuff for us so it's it's nice and it's kind of energizes to to just do more organic fun stuff we'll still have uh, you know synthesizer stuff in the background playing on backing tracks but mm-hmm. yeah it's nice to have a Have a drummer, man. It really is. (laughs) Definitely. It it just,
0: it changes the dynamic of everything. You know, you can, you really feel it when you have a drummer Mm. versus the backtracks. And also, if you're relying on backtracks for your entire rhythm section, sometimes it's, if you're playing a place that doesn't have the best sound system, like you're really going to fall victim to some lameness. Yes. Even if like, (laughs) you know, you're making like this heavy, intense industrial stuff, if you're playing this place as like one little ten inch PA speaker,
1: <laughs> you know it just
0: sounds like, tuk, 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 you know, yep. you're sitting up there trying to look all, Here's, all badass. Yeah, and it just yeah, sounds like. It reminds me of a
1: good story from the Three Hole Face days. Um, for a little bit in like 2000, it was probably like late 2002. It was 2003. I remember it was the weekend that Johnny Cash died. I don't okay. know why I associate this with this, but I just remember that. Um, this guy reached out, uh, he's like, Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a local, uh, promoter and I, I get bands, these big shows and I take 10% of the cut and you guys, and we're like, fuck it, whatever. You know? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so he's just like, all right, I got you guys a show. I can't even remember the name of the place, but he's like, I got you guys a show in, in Charleston. Um, you're playing with so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So we go down there and, um, uh, Find out it's like a, a teen coffee shop and there's no PA. And we're like, um, you know, we kind of need a PA. We're, you know, an industrial metal band. And and like, oh, we got a PA. It's, you know, it's in the back. And we looked in this back corner and there's these two 12 inch speakers. Yeah, probably been and fine. One, for- and one mixer. Yeah. And one they they did have a monitor that was just as large as the speaker, so that's but just one that's all we had uh-huh as an industrial metal band, we needed drums to be super fucking loud, oh yeah um especially in the monitor so uh, keep in mind we played to three people Sorry, that was, that was like <laughs> three, three people um so this big show he got us you know playing to three you know kids Was drinking he there? Pepsi. no he didn't show up what a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so we we're halfway through our set and all of a sudden i look down and and i just see smoke oh no coming out of the monitor and i like <laughs> i'm trying not to stop playing guitar i like elbow the singer and he looks down he's like holy shit and then he calls out to the the sound guy he's like your monitor's on fire <laughs> and the sound guy goes you want the monitors up higher? And He's like, "No, your monitor is on fire." <laughs> so we we oh, that's, no. we had to stop that show. Um, and then the guy emailed us the next day, and he's like, uh, "So you know, like I said, ten percent of the cut." And we wrote back, "So what is ten percent of zero?" <laughs> yeah, because that's what we made. So you're 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 not getting anything. Uh, so that was that was one of the worst you know
0: not not you need best, you, you know. need those uh experiences that I mean, you
1: don't need them but it's it's they, fun uh, to I, it wasn't fun to do like a seven hour round trip
0: oh it was that far away
1: yeah oh, yeah because we live in the northern part of the state okay and this is all the way down oh the, man yeah yeah fuck yeah That's, so <laughs> it wasn't like a local thing where we're like all right i'll just go home it i wonder like, what
0: that person's story was the the I, quote promoter
1: i have no idea I mean, we probably had that email later on somewhere, but that's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, so we ended up getting drunk at a biker bar and staying the night. <laughs> it's <just> Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually what we did in Charleston. Is anytime we played a show, um, especially if it was a bad one, we would just get drunk and you know, crash at somebody's house, and that's that was the way to the way to go. You know. Yeah. And just make enough for gas money on the way back, and that's all we really mm-hmm. cared about. So.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's you know it's a. Uh you get those shows when you know it's not going to be anything super uh, fruitful in terms of the band. But yeah. if your band are also like your homies, you can make it a good oh, experience yeah. Yeah. as, much as you can. We've had terrible
1: shows that just ended up being blasts because you make the best of a mm-hmm. crappy situation. Even if, you know, the crowd's not great, but, you know, I've played great shows to 20 people, you know what I'm saying? So it's the size of the crowd really doesn't matter. As long as everybody's having a good time, that's... That's why I do it. I don't go out to make tons of merch money, and you know, as long as because I've got a job, you know, my day job's fine. It keeps me. It allows me to do this for fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't need to make tons of money in merch and play to a thousand people. Just I'm happy to a group of people that really just want to be there and really just
0: into the fucking music. You know, mm-hmm. for sure. Outside of music, yeah. Um, you mentioned you know. Getting drunk and uh, <laughs> earlier in the conversation, yeah. you had mentioned that you're making beer now or doing some homebrewing. I'm trying, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's let's dig into that.
1: So, um, started probably like last last August, I think. So I've made four batches. Real simple stuff because I'm you know still learning the process, still learning the science behind it. Yeah. Um, started with a I did an Oktoberfest as my first one. Something real simple. And I went straight into a coffee stout, which is like okay. that's my kind of go-to. If if anybody makes a good coffee stout, I'm, that's that's what I want to go to. Yeah, um, that ended up being real good. Like I don't know <laughs> what I did that made it, you know, because it's just simple stuff that I buy from NorthernBrewer.com. Just hey, shout out to them. <laughs> um, but uh, just making simple five-gallon batches at a time, you know, making two cases, and I'll you know give a couple to my friends be like yeah let me know what you think and stuff like that but um uh, I made an IPA which turned out pretty good and the last one I did just bottled it about a week ago was a red ale nice so trying to you know learn how to do different ones uh, eventually because right now I'm just doing extract brewing so I you know it's simple just like pour all the shit into a pot and boil it for an hour and then cool it down and then put it into a carboy and you know, put the yeast in and just let it sit for a couple of weeks. And yeah. Put it into another carboy, let it sit for another couple of weeks, and then put it into your bottles. And then another couple of weeks, and you're getting drunk on <laughs> something you boiled <laughs> yeah. a month and a half ago. So, uh-huh. yeah. So I'm, it's, I'm finding that it's, uh, I found that I, I like to brew beer when I'm really stressed out. Okay. Because all I do for like three hours at a time is, Listen to music, and I just stir a pot every once in a while, and just watch things boil. And that, like, I don't think about anything else. I don't think about work. I don't nothing. I just sit there and I, I watch my wart boil, and <laughs> it's just it's real relaxing. And for some reason, Primus is like my go-to brewing music. I don't I can, know like, why. Picture that, yeah, just like some just,
0: weird kind of bouncy, like. yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, it's it's anytime like I've got a kit ready to go and i had a real shitty day i'm like honey i'm uh, i'm going to brew beer for for you know about 3 hours and she, typically she likes it because you know there's been a couple times she's come home and she's like did you make cookies or something it smells like no it's it's beer sorry and she's not a <laughs> beer person she's she's more the liquor type um the only beer she hated the smell of was the IPA she is not into the hops at all, at all. But anything else, she's like, "Yeah, that smells great. Keep brewing that." <laughs> I'm like, "All right." So probably do less IPAs in the future. But. Yeah.
0: I. What did you've mentioned that like a coffee stouts were your go-to? Yeah. Right. So, what would you say is a uh, like one of your favorite just coffee stouts? If oh, anything just kind of comes to mind
1: off the top of my head. One of, probably the one of the best beers I've had is, was this Flying Dog? It was Cujo. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you're, yeah, I don't know if they make that anymore. Maybe, uh, I haven't yeah. seen it in ages. Yeah, I,
0: haven't, I haven't kept up with them. Uh, but yeah, I know I have seen it in the past. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure I have had it.
1: Yeah, and uh, also was really big into Rasputin. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if that was a coffee stout. I think that was just a yeah, straight-up Russian, Russian, yeah. Russian imperial stout. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of any. Uh, basically, any time I go to a brewery, I'm just like, give me your coffee stout. Totally. Um, so the the Grist House had a really good one. Uh, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to think on that one. Yeah, yeah I'm kind I of know. blanking, but yeah, the Cujo comes to mind because it was like, I think that was 11%, uh-huh. and it was – It didn't taste 11%. It just went down smooth as Guinness, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be trouble. So I remember um, in like 2011 or 12, I was up here in in Pittsburgh and uh, bought a case of that stuff and lived off that for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when did you finally move into Pittsburgh officially? Officially uh,
1: the summer of 2015, Um, but we really didn't start getting settled in until probably a year year and a half later we had a real real rough first year here and it wasn't it was just like all personal stuff it was like my wife got a job up here so we and we've been wanting to move up here for a while because you know west virginia i've been there for uh, i was there for 33 years i was ready to get out yeah um and uh, my wife got a job up here i'm like all right let's do it let's just let's just make the move so she moved up here. We we rented a place in Forest Hills, um, and then i stayed down in West Virginia for a couple months to take care of the house that I had so I could sell it. And So I sold that, and then, like, in the process of moving up, uh, my grandmother passed, and so I had to go back down for oh, yeah, to deal no. with that. And so that kind of beat me up mentally for a bit. And then, uh, you know, then we finally got up here and got a little bit settled in the rental place and had a, you know... Hard time finding work because I'm a you know, I, I was a forensic science teacher down at West Virginia University, so it was like kind of hard to make that transition if you don't really because totally, there's yeah. not a whole lot of forensic you know science teaching jobs up here. So <laughs> I had to kind of uh, to work my way into something else. Um. So after about a year, we ended up buying a place in Forest Hills, and <laughs> in the process of that, we got screwed out of thousands of dollars by Ark. Uh, landlord
0: Mm. that we moved
1: out of and uh that was it was just like one thing after another and then another grandparent dies. like crap man just give me some give me some time so like after about a year everything just kind of like started to settle down so um now I'm finally like getting in my groove a little bit in the in the city um finally getting out and you know, seeing shows and and going the breweries and stuff because like that first year I'm just and oh, also totally, yeah. yeah and the first job I got up here um had me out of town like three weeks out of the month <laughs> so, so I, I just help yeah, yeah it's just like I can't <laughs> I was going to these uh, little small towns in like Ohio and we're and it's like well I guess I'm living at this dive bar <laughs> for <laughs> a week and then I'll go home and sleep and then come back to Ohio so I didn't really get to do a whole lot um up here but now I'm glad that I you know. Got a nice stable job, and I'm actually able to go out and see bands like fucking Mutoid Man and, and Between the Buried and Me, and you know, all these great bands I wouldn't see otherwise down in West Virginia. So it's yeah, I really love the city. I really love it.
0: Yeah, you get, you know, like I said, you're right in Forest Hills, so you're only, you know, 15 20 for most of the venues. Yeah, yeah, in the city and things yeah. like that. And I, I I saw you play at Cativo, yes, um, with uh, was that Urizen, Danimal. Deathline play that show? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think
1: Deathline. I don't played think that. they did. They played one maybe a month or two later with um, Descendants of erdrick I believe. When yeah. They came through. Um, yeah, I played that. Uh, it was with Danimo and Night of the Round.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Those. Those. Those beautiful boys. They're. They're. Yeah. They're the heaviest. Uh, I will say they're the heaviest video game band out there. Like. Like as far as like doing straight video game covers.
0: Like them and Deathland Hammer they're you know, the heavy like, shit. Yeah, but. Deathland mainly does originals though. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, they, I, they 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 do cover. they'll do like a cover or two at a convention. Yeah, yeah I've heard them they, do
1: like Mega Man 2 stuff. Yeah. Like seriously neither round just like the first time I heard those guys live, I'm like, Oh gay. Yeah. Woo. That's that was just those eight strings just went right through my gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I I've seen them play a few times and yeah, they they're good. Yeah. But, uh,
1: yeah, that was a good – that was a really good show, yeah.
0: What is – uh, in terms of playing shows, this is something I'm always really curious about with video game guys. And I've talked yeah. to Dan about this too. Just like, you know, you play these cons and then every – and then those are great because obviously the people that are there get what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, do you play many sideshows outside of cons? I mean, like, seeing you at was obviously not a convention, but it was all video game bands playing a sideshow. So the crowd kind of made sense. But do you play any just, like, open up for metal bands ever or anything like Uh, that?
1: I've played probably three or four um, to varying degrees of – Uh, I don't know how to put it. Um, I will say one of the very first I played, (laughs) um, I played at a a friend of mine named Logan uh, Venderlich. He's like a folk music guy who lives now in North Carolina. He's like, hey, I got a a show down in uh, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Sounds pretty cool. Or, uh, you know, you know, do your little mega beardo thing for it, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot." And that's
0: just like, like friends hanging out, playing. Like you're both friends, but you do music that's kind of different.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, so we show up, didn't really know anything about the venue. Turns out it was like a little pizza shop. <laughs> Word, but they had a PA. Um, and but there was like ten people in there. Obviously, had no idea who I was. But there was like three or four guys in there that went fucking. Bananas! Whenever I would play like Zelda stuff or Mega Man stuff, they're like, "Holy shit!" Because they'd never, yeah, they'd never heard of anything like that before. It's not like I'm doing anything new, but for them in a little West Virginia town, they're just like, "Holy shit!" You're playing these fucking songs from these games that I've been playing my entire life, and yeah, they just they went nuts. So shows like that stick in my mind because even though I only played to ten people. I still had like a huge reaction to it because and I you know like those kinda, are the
0: those are the kind of people, when you get that excitement, those are the people that you know are gonna tell their friends, yeah, that are probably into the same shit exactly. and then hopefully you know those friends might come see you next time, yeah. and then they you know they, th- those are the people that you need are the Yeah. the people and that are
1: like, whoa, they'll probably end up at Magfest one of these years, yeah, if, if they haven't already because this was you know f- six seven years ago, mm-hmm. so. They probably have infiltrated themselves and now know all about you know Metroid Metal and uh-huh. Arm Cannon and all those guys. And you're like, oh yeah, there's a whole fucking bunch of people that do this. Yeah, so, it's nuts. It's, yeah, you
0: know, yeah. you know, you can play just cons all year and mm. be set. Yeah. yeah, if you wanted to. Yeah,
1: if you really wanted to.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know there's bands that do it.
1: Yeah, I'd say like Bit Brigade, I think. Mm-hmm. They play almost year round. Yeah. Mean, they play a bunch of cons, but you know they're and they, they to tour, tour now. Yeah.
0: We're we're playing with them. We played with them last year when they came yeah. through, and we're playing with them again. Is that on the twenty third? I think so. Yeah, yeah, the twenty uh, third. Yeah, yeah it's, I'll yeah. be there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, they're they're bringing uh, they're bringing double Ferrari, aren't they? Yep. Fuck, they are so good. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a fun show. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and then
0: we're playing. Death playing, and again, it's one of those things where it's like we're not like a video game band by any means yeah. we're just a metal band and we all like video games Yeah, exactly. and uh our bass player is one of the main people that run the pittsburgh retro gaming convention oh, and nice. the event and everything yeah. like that so we're like super tied into it like the whole video game thing yeah like our music's just like oh we just write fucking death metal songs you know <laughs> what i mean yeah and we're friends with all those fucking dudes so. yeah so that'll be a good fit for yeah sure. yeah that'll that's be a good show. really looking forward to it we were joking recently about uh we did a, we filmed like a tiny desk concert. You know those tiny desk I concerts. I saw that video. That was so good. <laughs> uh, after we filmed that, we were like, uh, our drummer kind of was going through the settings on the pad and got like these like just dancy sounds. Yeah. And we were doing like rammstein-esque <laughs> versions of our songs nice. and we were talking about like oh man we should just do one of these at the bit brigade show because we could ever get away with it it'd be there yeah i don't know if we're actually going to do it but it, we because we didn't actually practice it after that we yeah. just we jammed on it for like 20 minutes in that kitchen and then that was it you know what i mean after that like yeah whatever nice little moment but yeah, yeah. that's funny yeah <laughs> uh pfft. I just totally spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, a, oh, I remember exactly yeah, what sure. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Video game covers. Yeah. Horror movie covers? Scores? You ever do anything like that?
1: I have done a couple. So um, in our little scene, uh, Viking Guitar, Eric, um, he on the side every October releases a, uh, a curated horror theme Record called Dance Macabre, where he gets people like me and like other people, usually in the VGM scene, to do uh, either horror movie themes or horror video game themes or whatever. Um, so I've done for those. I've done They Live. Nice. I've done Phantasm. Uh, last year I did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> so, uh, but I will I will be honest with you. I would really love to be in a band that just does nothing but fucking horror movie themes. Yeah. Like I would, I would love that. <laughs> that would death. be rad. It's just like
0: I feel like that's something that a lot of people haven't tapped into. It's like no, that's what there I was, was thinking, like, like when like like Phantomos did that director's cut uh-huh. album. And I mean, that was all these, obviously all horror. There was other things in it, but like that's like the closest thing that I've heard. But yeah. I've also never really dug into it. I don't know. There has to be somebody I, doing I've, it, or maybe I don't not, not. Seen like I really? think it's just like.
1: No, like you would think at all these uh, horror conventions and stuff that they would, there would be, I mean, you've got bands like, you've got horror themed bands. Oh, you know totally. I'm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like people, there's a band down in, you've probably seen them, the Jasons, I don't know if you've seen no. heard them. Um, They're down in West Virginia, but they are, you know, obviously a Friday the 13th sl- slasher band where they all wear Jason Voorhees masks and. But, they're, you know, real fun dudes, real fun music. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, a band that does primarily horror covers, I don't – I can't think of any.
0: I think that the first thing I could think of is just I think that it would be really difficult unless you had a group of very, like, musically trained people to, like, transcribe that stuff that actually wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. And because – it would
1: depend on which types of themes you would want to do because you have you know the John Carpenter stuff would be easy to because he already does it live anyway yeah. so you know that that works in a live setting the goblin stuff would work really well live mm-hmm. because they obviously do it live but if you start digging into like uh Jerry Goldsmith's omen score of which um you know I that was on that director's cut one in order my thing in rosemary's baby
0: rosemary's baby's on yeah, it okay. yeah
1: okay um but yeah stuff like that where you got a more orchestral sound like how are you going to make that in a in a band setting you know so there's probably a little bit more difficulty in making that work because if you think about video game music especially nes stuff you know nes has four channels you've got drum bass two guitars yeah right there for you so you, you just get the NES, nsf file and separate them yeah that's probably bam.
0: the the main difference is the fact that there's so much horror score that it doesn't necessarily have a like a rhythm yeah yeah yeah, exactly or would be easy to like add a rhythm to without like fundamentally changing the whole vibe yeah exactly sometimes it's it's like that lack of percussion that gives it the tense and you know dramatic that makes it effective to begin with
1: yeah i mean like a john carpenter stuff you have that backbeat every once in a while but you know um
0: yeah but still even uh, like you could even expand it just a bit, like go into like sci-fi or maybe like eighties action. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you could, yeah, yeah, you could
1: yeah. imagine a live fucking terminator metal. <laughs> oh man. I'm sure bands have played that one before, but yeah, I think that would be, yeah, I'd, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. So I, I have played the fan, phantasm theme live before when I've played live. I've, I've done that one. It works pretty well. I think as like a, I could hear a live band doing that one pretty mm-hmm. easily. Um, yeah, there's. I, I want to do a lot more, <laughs> to be honest. Because yeah. that's, like like I said, that's my other love outside of video game music is just, and I'm looking at all your records, and I'm just like, fuck, yeah, like all these. Just, <laughs> like a Mad Monster Party, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all that, yeah. So I'm really into the waxwork uh, record label and stuff like that, so.
0: Yeah, that was like an awesome opportunity that they took advantage of, just like, let's get the licenses for all yeah. this stuff that, you know, we could probably get for... a a reasonable amount and there's yeah some of them people that will pay you know 40 50 60 bucks for these things yep yep boom there you go and And i'm like
1: okay take my money (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here's my wallet
0: um outside of you know retro stuff what are your thoughts on new video games or new movies you know and do you keep up with shit because i i don't you know, I don't really play modern games anymore. I have a really hard time going to see new movies. A lot of it has to do with my schedule more than me just, like, not wanting to see this yeah. shit. But I feel so, like, disconnected from everything that's, like,
1: current. Movies I'm more current on. Like like I said, I, I'm just – to me it's a lot easier to be like, all right, I'm going to go see this two-hour movie than it is to be like, all right, I'm going to spend 60 hours on this AAA yeah. PS4 game. Um my my video game, uh, yeah, I, basically around like two thousand, like the PS2 eras when I started to like say, okay, this really isn't much for yeah, me yeah, anymore.
0: PS2s where I tapped out. I bought a PS3 to uh, get like whatever Final Fantasy came out on that, and then I, I played half of that and then sold it. I was like, I not even yeah, fucking like I've, this. I got a PS3, <laughs> and on
1: on the PS3, I played probably Grand Theft Auto 4 for, like, five hours. I played all of Bioshock. I played, like, I think I played Arkham Asylum, and then that was about it, and then it was a Blu-ray player. What was it
0: for you, though? Do you think it was just, like, a lack of interest in the way games were going, or just kind of, like, getting caught up in other life shit and just not being able to make the time for it?
1: Combination of both, because, you know, when the PS2 era hit, I then was in college so i had less time for that stuff i had more time to be like all right i you know i've got two hours to play all of mario brothers 3 which i've done totally a hundred times i can do that but to be like oh man i don't even
0: like investing yourself in some I, shit." I, I'll, yeah oh
1: fallout 3 i remember i i i played that on the ps3 and i got like 20 hours into it and then i set it down because of like work shit. I was so busy. I was going to grad school at the time and I picked it up like six months later. I'm like, I have no idea where the fuck I am, what the controls are. I have to start over and that sucks. And I was just like, fuck. So I just all that.
0: It's like, yeah, I had a, I was playing the most recent game that I tried to play with some like Dragon Quest game was actually on PS2, but it was more recently because a roommate that I had had it. So, you know, I put like 20 hours into it and then put it down for a while, tried to go back to it. Same thing, I couldn't remember the mechanics or yeah. anything. I couldn't even remember the story. And it was just like, why did I even spend the time playing this to begin with when yeah. I could have been doing like <laughs> X, Y, and Z? I yeah. just felt like, I don't know, not to like talk down on people that game. It's yeah, just for me, yeah. I was just like, ugh, I like felt like dirty about it afterwards yeah. in a weird way. Like I need to just like, ugh. so now yeah. like gaming is like, yeah, like, you know, playing some old nintendo stuff or like i recently i downloaded a crazy taxi on my phone because that's nice. a thing you could do <laughs> <laughs> of course and you know i played like a you know did a few little rounds of yeah. that man i fucking love that game i don't know why i really like the arcade version of that game oh yeah there's um down at victory point in the south side i don't know if you've been there that i okay? have yeah yeah um I haven't been there in a while. I actually used to live in the South Side before I moved okay. here. I've been over here for two years now. But when I lived in the South Side, when they first opened, they did BYOB. Do they still do that down there? Yes. I was there probably a
1: year ago, and they were doing it then.
0: So. But, uh, yeah, I remember me and my friend were doing a drunk crazy taxi.
1: Nice. <laughs> and it, it was a blast. Nice, yeah. <laughs> um, I do have a Switch, so that's one thing. Okay. I, I, I Throughout the years, I've kept kind of constant with Nintendo. I thought the weed was not really for me even though i, I had it, it, I, it
0: yeah the just, controls just was so weird for me i couldn't they, get into they, it
1: like they, they tried to force it on a lot of the games i just i didn't get into it the switch i feel like they like kind of knocked it out of the park so i i do play that um now I've, I've played the new Zelda. i've played the new mario uh, i stuck with them and finished them you know um but i can't imagine going back to him for the same so, like,
0: uh, so, yeah, but I mean like you're keeping up at least with like the, the big stuff that's coming out, but yeah. you're not like hardcore playing like the the awkward titles and mm, or just playing no. shit just to play it. No, like the Microsoft
1: stuff, the PlayStation stuff, I don't really touch. Every once in a while I'm like, man, I really like the PS4 so I could like play this game or that game that people are mm-hmm. talking about because I've never played uh, Dark Souls or Bloodborne or anything like that. Okay. But, um,
0: did you get to play that Friday the 13th game
1: not yet that's one thing I really want to play and I, I'm just like one of these days I'm like please get on the switch so I don't have <laughs> yeah. to buy a PS4 Colt,
0: Colt from Greywalker um, we practice at his house and he's the PRG dude and he has like all the gaming stuff yeah. and he's always before and after practice he's just on like just playing something I Got to watch him play Friday the 13th for a while. Nah, I was just, like, this, yeah, yeah, I mean, I had fun just watching him fucking play. It, yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I, I
1: watch videos of people playing it for like half an hour at a time yeah. just to get my fix. I'm like, man, this is really fucking cool. Because uh-huh. I'm a lifelong Friday the 13th guy, like big time. So to see uh, like every possible Jason that's been on the screen be in a video game, plus a new one that Tom Sabini created just for that game, it's like, yeah. I didn't know
0: about that. Yeah,
1: so he, he made one is like a Jason. From hell, version. okay, it was that's like awesome, a straight up like burnt to a crisp, like with orange embers coming out of this <laughs> mask and shit. Um, yeah, that w- that looks pretty cool, but yeah, so I would really love to play that one, but I don't really have the ability to just go out and buy a yeah PS4 and, and do it. So if it comes to the Switch, cool. If not, uh, I'll just keep watching YouTube videos <laughs> of it just to get my fix,
0: definitely. So you've been in the metal liked metal or into video games, started doing like video game music. You're in the movies out in terms of like creative things. Have you ever thought about like getting into trying to make a movie or make a video game? Do you ever like flirt with that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, in college friends and I used to, they, there was a, um, a little movie club called the outlet at WBU. They would hold a, uh, a little, uh, halloween film festival every year and we entered that like five or six years in a row oh that's so, awesome yeah, so you we, just make like shorts yeah so like 10 12 you know 15 minute shorts yeah. and uh i i got that bug, and i would really to to me if if i were to like hit a reset button sometime in my life i would have gone the movie route instead of the music route i think because i i don't know i just really love the process of setting up shots and you know doing the lighting and i even love editing f- film like i think that's fun as hell even though people would be like oh it's boring you're just like no. cutting little snippets like one frame at a time oh, like, totally. no, but it's like that's uh, that's how you like make a scene work like mm-hmm. if, if you, you've probably seen plenty of movies where you can just be like you could edit like half of these frames out and make the scene work so much better yeah. so yeah um, yeah, I would, I would love to get back into that again.
0: In, um, in high school, me and my buddies, we, we made, uh, some shorts and, uh, just on like a, like a high eight camcorder, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's all we had. But, and I never really had any interest in directing, but I always had an interest in editing and scoring, but yeah. nobody else gave a crap about making the movie. So I would just film bullshit just so, <laughs> and like make my friends cut up just so i could like edit it and put music to it and like you know write music for the scenes and all this stuff nice i edited like an hour-long thing like vcr to vcr tape and then like i think about that now and i'm just like oh fuck like yeah i can't believe i did that but it was a lot of fun yeah yeah and uh but yeah again with me i ended up just going more the route of music than movies which being the like control freak that i am you think i would have picked the more isolated path like, yeah. Yeah. I think I just ended up meeting more people that did music. So yeah, that's kind of how I just got hopped in with that. Do you know?
1: movies on the side. You know, it's a lot easier to pick up a guitar and, you know, and find friends that are also in in bands or play guitar or whatever. It's a lot easier to be like, all right, let's start a band uh, as opposed to be like, all right, let's film a movie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, um it's
0: we get You know, I've I've edited a lot of the videos that we've done. I haven't shot them, but like whenever we get people to shoot videos, I'm always kinda like, Hey, like, how about you just shoot it? Let me edit it. Like I still have that bug. I love doing that stuff. Me and my friend Nathan King, who lives around the corner, we just shot a video for a new song on the Great Walker album. We're not in the video at all. Like we like scripted out a whole thing and it's like kind of like a old school, like eighties vibe, spooky thing. Like in a weird house. Oh, nice. With a lot of fog and cool <laughs> lights. I love and it. And just like that day was a shit ton of fun. Just because, yeah. kind of like, just getting like, I didn't really do anything other than like hang out and be like, let's try this. But just like seeing it like all come together. It was a blast. Yeah, that's, like, I, I want to do more shit like that.
1: That's why I, I really liked um, doing movies. And I did one Mega Beardo music video. Um,
0: like you my, shot it and everything? Yeah. Cool. It's,
1: it's for my Belmont uh, album. Where I uh, I play like a mad scientist that's making because I had somebody build a Nintendo guitar for me and so I yeah acted like I was a mad scientist who was like creating this Nintendo <laughs> guitar monster because the song is about Frankenstein and uh, that was like right right after I met my wife and we were living in West Virginia and I'd set up this <laughs> this yeah what was this, that dynamic like. <laughs> Let me tell you a funny story (laughs) about that (laughs) because my wife is very, you know, career driven and, you know, she, she doesn't understand hobbies too much outside of like (laughs) things that can like make her career, you know, go a little bit forward and, um, yeah. So she's more into like hiking and stuff uh, and I'm more into like yeah movies and music and shit so when we first met i remember our, our second date and i was telling her yeah i'm like in the middle of recording this uh castlevania concept record <laughs> <laughs> and apparently she went to a good friend of hers and was just like i'm not going to see this weird motherfucker anymore like this guy is into some weird shit that i don't and the dude's just like just give it a shot it's it'll it'll be fine and so luckily she stuck around and you know but just a couple months later i'm Setting up our basement to look like a fucking science lab and filming this fucking video, I spent all night, like, I because it needed to be at night, and I needed because I at the time I had this big beard and I needed to have it set up to where the beard. Grew on me, so I had to. I did a lot of like stop motion shit. Oh shit! And okay. I did this part, basically kind of like the Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman, where I dissolved from clean shaven into a full beard <laughs> to like show my. You so know. you
0: said like set up the shot every day and just kind of like did it. Like how did you? Well, for or that, did you just do it with like like fake hair?
1: No, it was it was all. So basically, what I did is I I set up the shot of me. I I had like a stupid like little mustache or something so i had the full beard and i filmed myself like laughing maniacally and just like i had a weird strobe light going on at the same time and then i went upstairs i oh, marked you, oh you so see you reversed it and yeah then start cutting yeah, so a little I bit marked i got you. where i was standing. And then went upstairs and shaved real quick. And my wife didn't know what I was doing. And I came out in this lab coat with like this dumb mustache. She's like, What in the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like, you'll see. Just give me a second. So I went downstairs and I filmed myself looking real, you know, serious and proper. And, you know, so I did this backwards dissolve where I went from this proper guy to this really maniacal crazy bearded mad scientist uh-huh and i did this like stop motion thing where a power glove came onto my hand in stop motion and shit like that and that's it was, awesome it was a lot of fun
0: yeah so yeah so how does she take to all this stuff now like
1: have now you got she her it. into
0: anything or is she just like accepting of it she certain bands she's into uh because she's more
1: into she's not into metal i can tell you that like any cool. i play a, a metal record she's like you need to not you need to listen <laughs> cuz i have a record player downstairs and she's like that's a downstairs record that's <laughs> like I, like the first time she had heard mashuga was around me she's like absolutely not this is <laughs> this is yeah. nothing but fucking chaos and it needs to not totally. be in my brain cuz she, her she's very like just her, her thought process is like i'm very kind of mellow and she's just like 100 on fire all the time she's like that is too much for my brain That's, you just- it's
0: so funny to think about that like mentally like you're really calm and then just listening to like this like type shit and then yeah. like her like stress ball in the brain like i can't handle <laughs> yeah, this like i need this, like no so she listens to
1: very calm she like when she's cooking dinner she you know listens to classical music but the VGM stuff, she likes Super Guitar Brothers because it's like two dudes playing classical guitar, so it's real nice and mellow. Um, but she does like Lonely Rolling Stars. That's a little, you know, a little bit more upper speed because it's just like prog rock, basically. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's she's into a good bit of it. There there hasn't been a whole lot that she hasn't appreciated. I I can say because I've got like I've got the Ninja Gaiden record that yeah. I was listening to one day. She's like, why the fuck are you listen to this on a record? Like,
0: I don't get it at all. It's just, <laughs> like, just listen to real music. I'm like, ah, da, da. all right. Is there anything that she's into that she's gotten you into? Uh,
1: there's a, a jazz singer named Jamie Cullum. Okay. That she was really into that she got me into. He's He does, like, these um, sort of, like, loungy semi drunk on whiskey type of like uh, covers of popular songs like Radiohead uh, uh, what else I, I, a bunch of stuff I can't think of off the top of my head but anytime she plays that record I'm like all right all right I'm good with that I'm cool good. yeah so she doesn't listen to a whole lot outside of like like I said classical music and you know just a lot of instrumental stuff she does like country for the the lyrics she doesn't like it for the music but she she likes songs for lyrics more than more than anything else, if it has a good melody and a good story behind it, uh, she'll like it. But yeah, what she, about the horror movie stuff? That is something I've gotten her into a little bit cool. more than I expected. Yeah. Because um, she was never really into it when when we met, and I was just like, let me let me just start showing you some of the classic stuff. And like, what was like you. the first. How do you, how do you? I want to say the first was probably The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah like uh, yeah. probably because I was just like I'm I'm just gonna get yeah, just, you into probably you into the, the scariest thing that I can <laughs> think of um but nowadays like any new horror movie that comes out like we we watch the conjuring at a at a drive-in we you know we watch the Baba Duke she loves the Baba Duke she wants oh, to cool. watch that movie all the time nice. um uh, so yeah just like she really like and she'll watch horror movies. On Netflix now without even asking me. Like, I'll, uh-huh. I came home from work one day. She's like, Have you seen this fucking movie called The Ritual? Holy shit. You need to watch this fucking movie. I'm like, All right. Just give me a second. I did, I did, it was like, just came out last night. Right. She's like, Yeah, it's fucking great. I'm like, All right. Yeah. Give, me, give cool. me a little bit. So, yeah, she actually got me into that one. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So, that's one thing that we were able to kind of yeah. meet in the middle one, <laughs> which is surprising because uh, to me, Horror movies and metal kind of share some similarities in that they're like sort of outsider genres, and it's a lot of you know, a lot of darkness, a lot of chaotic, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. totally. Even especially horror scores are gonna be very unsettling. And Uh and so, um, but yeah, she she digs it all now. It's like she loved it, the new it. She really dug that one. I thought that one was really good. So,
0: word, Uh yeah. So now moving forward, what do you have? Do you have anything on the horizon? Any shows or projects coming up? Uh, I'm working on
1: Belmont 2 right now. So I'm recording that at the moment. Um, Hopefully, have that one out by, I'll be conservative and say July or August maybe. I've been saying. That for I've been working on for like two years. Uh, Okay, it's one of those things. Real life gets in the way. You're like, I don't feel like going home and recording vocals today because I'm fucking tired. So it's one of those situations where just like a month goes by. I'm like, crap, I I need to get this going. So um, so that's coming out. Um, I just released albums with Viking Guitar Live and Lonely Rolling Stars. So those are out and available. Show wise, um, Black Hole Zion has a show far in the future we're playing with uh dog fashion disco at, nice uh the smiling moose oh fuck yeah uh i think it's like october 11th yeah um so that's like i said real far in advance but we just got that show a couple days Yeah, that's ago, super so.
0: cool i was planning on going to that so. nice, nice yeah
1: yeah so so we'll be doing that uh outside of that i i, I don't want to confirm anything yet but might play the the Mag Labs down in Alexandria, Virginia and some cool yeah, the Magfest laboratories that they call. We'll yeah. We'll see. It just kind of in discussions right now. But mm-hmm. um so that's coming up I think in September. So that would be with Viking Guitar, uh, most likely. So uh Mega Beardo shows I got nothing. Yeah. I'm I'm just recording right now. So yeah. I just wanna get this record done, then maybe I can work on playing some shows
0: later. But mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I got to get
1: this record out. It's (laughs) it's been on my mind for too long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I know what it's like. I've, like, a record I've been trying to finish up for, you know, two, two and a half years now, but it's life.
1: Here's a question for you. Yeah. When, when you get into a situation like that where you start a record and a year and two years go by, do you struggle with, Maybe this record needs to sound a little different now. Like, has your? Because I found with this record that I started doing it t- about two, three years ago, and about halfway through it, I'm like, I need to make this record a little darker. Like, like for some reason, I don't know if it's just like the current political climate or what the fuck's going on, but like it, the the vibe of the record wasn't vibing with how I currently felt, so I switched gears and like yeah. rewrote almost all of it.
0: My feelings about my project that I'm trying to finish up now, the more that I think about it, the reason why I think it hasn't been finished yet isn't necessarily all because of me getting caught up in other things, but just because it wasn't ready yet. Yeah. You know, there was just like little things about every song that I was like, you know, it's still missing something or it's just not quite right, but I didn't know what. And then I kind of get distracted by other things and then come back around to it. And then like, oh, like... I should add this part here or this part needs to go away or this song's completely trash. Get it out (laughs) of here, you know? So I think it's just overall more just the song's not being ready. But like me having that mentality of like, go, go, go and just wanting things to get done all the time. Yeah. I wasn't... It's like, I need to... I'm learning and I had to learn patience a little bit more with this particular body of work and I don't know why, probably just because I'm like busier than I've ever been. So I yeah. can't focus the same way that I used to on yeah. other things.
1: Yeah. Someone was asking me just today, actually like, how do you write? Do you, do you like schedule yourself time throughout the week to, to like sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to write a song or I'm going to write lyrics or do you, I basically had to explain like, I don't, Anytime I've tried to schedule myself to write or record, it doesn't come out right. It oh, comes yeah, out no. forced, it doesn't sound right. Like anytime I'm I said, All right, this Saturday at five o'clock, I'm going to record vocals for three hours and, you know, just get it done. It always sounds like crap because I either don't have the energy to do it at the time, like I'm just like mentally not there, or I'm rushing myself to get a good take and it just it doesn't sound right. So I just basically said I'd write or record whenever Inspiration hits me and that's why like on my phone. There's so many fucking videos and and Recordings of me like humming riffs into my phone that I, <laughs> It's just like a stockpile of stuff that I'll just like alright. I'll, I'll revisit that later if I need to but yeah, I just Like yesterday is the first time in like a month that I came home from work and I feel like I have, I want to record some vocals today. So I'd spent all night recording vocals. and That was the first but if I'd done that the day before and forced it, the song probably would have sounded like shit, you know? So, yeah. So it's it's weird how, you know, your mental state can kind of get in the way, kind of form that barrier of of you doing stuff. But mm-hmm. as long as the end product is what you want, that's, that's all that
0: matters. Yeah, I definitely... I tend to just wait for the moments when I will completely blow any responsibility off to just work on something you <laughs> yeah. know? it's just like this force that just overpowers me like I have this idea for a thing I gotta gotta do this and it's like I, but I have to do all these other things yeah and i'm I'm a very like schedule oriented person like five things to do you know I, I have to finish my to-do list yeah but if I like have like if I'm itching so hard to just work on stuff to neglect the to-do list that's whenever like things come out the best
1: yeah so yeah I get that. And I, every once in a while, uh, like I'll have somebody will be like, hey, can you record a solo on this for me? And it's uh, like exactly what my my brain needed to just like switch gears into something else. Like I was asked the other day, and like, hey, can you record a, a solo for this like synth wave track I've got going? I'm like, yeah, I've never done anything like that before. So let's, let's do that. So I did that and it kind of like got my brain out of this, out of this funk
0: of like. Yeah. Uh, and that's a cool crossover too between like, VGM synth stuff and like some like eighties action slash yeah. horror stuff. Like yeah. a lot of the artists that are doing that, like you know, really like hyped up, energized synthwave stuff. Yeah. yeah, it feels like
1: like chiptune tune and synthwave and all that. just kind of are
0: meeting in the middle into uh-huh. this really cool new. And then thing. there are people that like do guitar stuff on top of it. Yeah, like, a, like a, I just saw them. dance with the dead. Yes, yes. yes. Answer
1: the dead is is very good. Yeah. yeah. And um uh, I, I just heard this band like two days ago. I can't even remember what they were called. It's one guy. Um but it's like this dark synth stuff, but it's very sort of orchestral and has fucking wailing guitar solos all over And I'm like, yeah. this rules, I need to figure <laughs> out what the hell that was. Um Fuck it and the name escapes me. But it, yeah. was, it was it was just like all right, I'm down with that. It had like theremin all over the place. I'm like, Oh yeah, nice. Absolutely. Oh, I wanna know what that is. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll find it and I'll send you the link. It was
0: it was pretty damn good. Cool. Speaking of links, where can people find your shit?
1: Uh main website is megabeardo.com. I update it like once a year. Once <laughs> anytime I've got something big happening, I'll I'll update it. Um but all my music is at beardomusic.bandcamp.com. And so from there you can Go back, and there's like 25 records that I've got on my little discography of like my stuff and all the bands that I'm in. So, a lot of that stuff so that's is like available. A, a yeah. good compilation of all that, jazz. yes, yeah. Because I've been on a lot of like Chrono Trigger compilations and like a lot of like random stuff throughout the years that all is on Bandcamp. So, nice, that's a good place to, you know, if you're scrolling through, like, oh, you did a like a blast core, <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: uh uh, song or you did the secret of mana song so that's a good place for it awesome well
0: am gonna wrap it up thank you for stopping by absolutely thank i'm sure you, right, we could keep going oh yeah but <laughs> you know we'll just put a pin in the conversation here and uh that's it thanks i'm Cheers. gonna do an outro thing where you know we pretend that you're not here but you are here Eh, we'll get you involved. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Ryan, mega Beardo. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Mega B. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, no, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm gonna throw that at you. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Uh, definitely be sure to check out the links that he mentioned. Check out the tunes. And if you get a chance, you know, see him play whenever he drops that Belmont 2. Hashtag Belmont 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That is a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> and uh, that's it. I'll be back next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2018. Whoop, Woo! Thanks for listening. Goodbye. That was tight. Awesome.